This is the Proud American Podcast, and I'm your host, Johnny Joey Jones. As a guy who talks for a living, it's rare that a moment leaves me speechless. But while reading today's guest's bio, I was just that. Aaron Hill is a friend of mine and former colleague in the art of taking apart bombs. But rather than telling you about him, I'm going to read you just a short bio and give you a second to soak it in. After serving 14 years in both the Navy as a chef to the commander of the U.S. 6th Fleet and then transitioning on to become an Army team leader in one of the military's most dangerous jobs, explosive ordnance disposal, Staff Sergeant Aaron Hill was blinded by an IED. Not letting his injuries hold him back, Aaron became an EOD instructor, a motivational speaker, a mountain climber, whitewater kayaker, and marathon runner. But just four years later, tragedy struck again when Aaron contracted bacterial meningitis, which robbed him of his hearing, leaving him not just 100% blind, but also deaf as well. Never willing to give up, and with the help of technology, Aaron regained his hearing and again hit the ground running. Aaron, brother, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. John and Joey, honored to be here. Thanks for the invite, sir. Absolutely, man. So I know a lot about you because we're buddies. And, um, you know, we met, and I'm going to tell the story real quick. The one memory I have from you in EOD school is going out to what they call the smoke pit, the picnic tables where you get to smoke. In the middle of class, you know, I think we had like a 30-minute lunch. And you open this little cooler and whip out like, I think it was a pork tenderloin season. Some, I think it was some asparagus. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking at my bologna sandwich like, what kind of choices did I make in life that he's <laughs> he's about to cook a meal here? Um, but what was what made the impact on me was, one, I learned a little bit of your story and, and where you came from to get there. And two, just how generous and, and awesome you were. I mean, you, you welcomed me into your meal and um, and became a friend. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I've, I've always had a uh, a very strong fondness for food uh, for, for a long time. When I was a kid, I had to struggle with my weight just because I was just loved eating. Uh, but it <laughs> turned into a passion. I became a culinary artist and uh, later went on to, you know, start a business behind it. Well, we'll get to some of that in a minute. But, I mean, just I guess to start. How did you become a chef in the Navy? Well, <clears throat> the truth is, uh, Johnny, uh, growing up, I had a pretty pretty vanilla life. Uh, I, I grew up in Akron, Ohio, in the suburbs, played football and ate apple pie. And um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, it, it was, I was an all-American slacker. You know, I had enough natural talent just to, you know, get by without having to work very hard at anything, um, which was one of the worst uh, handicaps, I think, of my entire life was that uh, I didn't did not learn how to work hard. I didn't have any goals. I didn't have uh, any ambition for anything. I was enjoying each day as it came and I was loving life and, you know, just really comfortable life. But when I got to college, uh, man, uh, everybody who was working hard quickly blew right past me. And I soon found myself out of school, terrible grades and, uh, finally realized that I needed to do something. I needed to, to find those goals. I needed uh, to, to learn uh, some discipline and 
and and work towards something. So that's when I looked towards the military. I'd already blown uh, some of my tuition and Ohio State universities weren't going to let me back in for a little while uh, on academic <laughs> suspension. So uh, I decided I was going to join the military when it came down to which branch and what job. Uh, I just kind of weighed the, the, the benefits of the Navy against uh, the other branches and knew that they were all over the world. I get to see the world. You know, what was the, the motto is let the adventure begin. Like, oh, I was all about it. And I was going to go to culinary school. I'd made it up in my mind that I was going to become a chef. And why not become a cook in the Navy, get some on-the-job training while I was earning my GI Bill and getting a little discipline in me. So that's what I did. I joined as a Navy cook and got stationed in Italy. It was fantastic. <laughs> Life is full of irony because you you say you were a professional slacker and then you, you know, because I know you're a smart guy, you maneuvered your way into getting the military to pay for your, you know, education to be a culinary specialist. And, and it's like you're in Italy. And I remember you telling me stories about going out and getting fresh vegetables and cooking this amazing food. How did you end up moving from there to being a bomb tech in the army? That sounds even as a bomb tech myself, that sounds a little bit like a downgrade in, in lifestyle. <laughs> well, maybe in lifestyle, but not in purpose. Uh, like I said, I got stationed out in Italy, and the what happened was uh, me and the military really clicked. It gave me an opportunity to grow personally, get that discipline, work towards goals. And I was really developing uh, as a person and as a leader and as a service member. And uh, I was quickly put into one leadership role after another. Uh, and I soon found myself, uh, you know, personal chef to uh, the three-star admiral, sixth fleet. And 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 thing was is that along the way. You know, like at first, you know, I was one of those guys that was going to do four and out. And eight years later, you know, uh, uh, plans had changed. And but what happened along the way is it stopped being about selfish pursuits, about my own goals, about my own development. Even though I was getting all that, it focus changed to about my service, about country, about the Navy, about the military in general, about serving that higher purpose and um, serving those around me. And I was, this was like 2004, I was, my time in Italy was coming to an end and I was heading back to the United States, getting stationed in Rhode Island. But I was, I was, I was on admiralship, I was on the flagship and I was, there were two wars in full swing, Afghanistan and Iraq, and I was still just watching it on CNN. I was floating around the Mediterranean. Yeah, I was you know, playing my part in the, you know, the military effort, but it was something that I needed to do uh, personally. I needed to be a larger part of the effort. I wanted to go serve in a different capacity, so I volunteered to deploy to Afghanistan as an individual augmentee, basically Navy and Air Force service members uh, filling in Army and Marine roles, uh, provincial reconstruction teams around uh, you know, Afghanistan. 
So I went from cooking for the Admiral and about 35 of his top brass to about five and 600 NATO troops, American, uh, Italian, uh, Portuguese, Spanish. And I was there, I was still cooking, but I was right there in the middle of the mix. And that's when I uh, met some EOD technicians. They were yeah. outside in the parking lot and they're uh, outside their, <laughs> their armored truck with, you know, they were doing um, maintenance checks on all their equipment. So they had their bomb suits and robots and all that kind of stuff laid out. They were fixing batteries and that kind of thing. And it was like a, it was like a cool guy garage sale. Uh, so <laughs> I started, I struck up a conversation with these guys, learned all about um, the tight-knit brotherhood, you know, my man. It was like the technical aspect of the job and the fact that we would be saving lives on the battlefield. We're first responders. Every single thing about it uh, just clicked. Just like joining the military, it clicked for my, my uh, me personally. This was that next progression in my personal development. I knew that I needed to be EOD. But when I put in my, my uh, request, my chip to, to change jobs from cook to EOD technician, the Navy, I guess, liked my cooking too much and said no. Uh, <laughs> truth was, uh, my rank and uh, rate, my job was undermanned. So they weren't going to promote me. They weren't going to let me out of the job. So when my contract was up and my deployment was over, I came back to the United States and I, I let my contract expire. I went over to the uh, army recruiter, handed him my service jacket, and I said, I want to go EOD. And they welcomed me aboard. Wow. And that's, and that's it. Every EOD tech has that story where, for the most part, especially in the Marine Corps and, and Navy, you were doing something else and you were inspired to go do it. And I think that, in fact, that when things got hairy, you went running towards it. That's that's who you are. That's why you're a proud American. Listen, I want to hear the rest of this story. I want to know about your injuries and how you've overcome them and everything else you're doing. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Proud American. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Proud American. This is your host, Johnny Joey Jones, and Aaron Hale is here. He's a good buddy of mine telling us his story. And Aaron, I'm going to skip over the actual war story because there's enough of those out there. And quite honestly, man, it's not the most interesting part about you. We we all know what, what war is like. But you go to Afghanistan, you get injured. Not long after I was injured, actually, we, we hung out in the hospital a little bit. And uh, I believe, was that 2011? It was. And so your injury essentially took your sight completely away. And for a guy that cooks as a hobby and takes bombs apart for a living, where did you find yourself after being injured? Well, for a guy that, that loves to cook, uh, the, the injury was, a, was difficult you know, to continue doing you know, just about anything in life. I hadn't uh, I'd never considered being blind until it happened. So just about every single thing is affected because we use our, our eyes for everything we do, including cooking and da daily living skills. Uh, so, um, you know, I had to give up my driver's license, uh, but I didn't have to give up uh, cooking in the kitchen. And I still became 
you know, I was still uh, a dad, I was still a husband, you know, I had these roles to play. And the truth is, I loved uh, how uh, General Mattis put it in Call Sign Chaos. Yeah, I said, things being difficult was never a good reason for mission failure. And, um, you know, just because things got a little bit more difficult for me, it it didn't uh, allow me. I I wouldn't allow myself to call quits. So I had to figure things out. And there was was a great example of, uh, of my situation is... The, the, the job, EOD, you know, we're given this huge shipping container full of tools, you know, a two or three person team has robots and bomb suits and hazmat equipment and decontamination, everything to fight every potential hazard that explodes on the battlefield. And that all comes out with the team on the deployment. And then we get this that armored truck, and it do, it cannot fit all those tools. So we have to leave some tools behind. We kind of do a little triage and try to decide what's going to be most important, uh, and what we'll most likely use. But then in Afghanistan, on my last deployment, we were, we were on goat trails. You know, we had to go <laughs> dismount it because we couldn't even take – no vehicles would go on it. So we have to That's leave right. – we end up carrying what, what we could, you know, what could hump on our backs. It was like a rope, a couple blocks of C4, a carabiner, and a knife. And then it was some basic, uh, you know, or basic loadout, you know, ammunition, rifle, uh, food, and water. And we still got to do the exact same job, right? Can't complain about, can't worry about the jo- the tools we left behind. And mission is uh, mission failure is not an option. So now I'm considering my life being blind and then four years later going deaf i had to leave some tools behind i didn't have a choice in what tools i get to leave behind but i also don't don't consider the fact that i I don't have a choice on whether i'm going to quit or keep going that's not an option it being harder is not an option so i mean i still gotta be dad i'm still a father i'm still a veteran and i still uh have a responsibility to my fellow troops and, and, and responsibility to my community. Uh, it's an ethical imperative that I become the best me I can, no matter how many tools I've left behind. Was there a moment after becoming deaf from, from meningitis and, and you, you became deaf because you started doing these extreme sport things to, to just kind of keep yourself motivated. And I'll tell you, you motivated me. Was there a point after, you know, the second catastrophic injury in your life that it was time to give up? Uh, did you have that moment at all? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it would be uh, be a complete lie if I said I didn't have those bad days, and I, and I had about yeah. six months of bad days back to back. You know, in 2011, I lost my eyesight, and I learned how to succeed and, and thrive. And I was I was doing like you mentioned, you know, the, the the rock climbing and the marathons and and kayaking, and I was speaking and talking about strength through struggle and. Um, and all of that. And then all of a sudden lightning struck a second time when uh, meningitis crept in through uh, a crack in my skull, which was, of course, from the blast. And the meningitis stole what was left of my hearing that the blast hadn't taken. So I was completely deaf, completely blind, and I had even taken some of that uh, inner ear balance, the vestibular balance in, in your head. And 
I came home in a wheelchair and I was just sitting at my breakfast bar, totally like locked inside my body. Like and my entire world ended at my fingertips. And I was just thinking, man, when has enough, when's enough enough? When has one guy paid his dues? You know, when is this, you know, soldier, you know, paid his full share? And that's such self-defeating thoughts, you know, I, I, I had to, essentially put my money where my mouth was, you know, I'd been preaching, you know, uh, fortitude and resilience for four years and it was time to prove it, put up or shut up. So so I did what anybody in my situation would. And I started a chocolate company. (laughs) Well, (laughs) with just a few minutes left here, I know you're a motivational speaker and I know you've got this company EOD confections. Tell us how people can learn more about Aaron Hill and maybe enjoy some EOD confections. Absolutely. You can find us on all the major uh, social media platforms, including uh, TikTok, where we have a, a cooking show called Aaron Hale's Cooker Without Looking. And that's at <laughs> EOD Confections. Uh, you can find us and, and look at all our goodies and hear more about our story. And there's a great video on our website. Uh, that's EODFudge.com. And so you make chocolate now to put smiles on faces that you won't ever even get to see those smiles, but you can, you can know they're there because I can tell everybody here having eaten Aaron's food, he's a fantastic chef. And I usually say I talk a lot better than I took bombs apart. So maybe you make chocolate better than you took bombs apart too. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, Aaron, thanks so much for coming on and sharing a little bit about your life and what kept you motivated. I love the idea that that adversity is not a reason to accept mission failure. I know you live it every single day, and I hope people go check you out, learn more about you, and see it firsthand, brother. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Finding inspiration in a country full of proud Americans shouldn't be too hard. Thankfully, people like Aaron exist to remind us how amazing the gift of life is. And how no matter what adversity we face, victory is always around the corner. Thank you, Aaron, for being a great example for the rest of us. To hear more stories like this, visit foxnewspodcast.com and be sure to check back next week for a brand new Proud American Story. I'm your host, Johnny Joey Jones, and again, thank you for listening. the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.